0: Hot round, Red 7! Red 7! Red 7! John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot round?
1: Will you just go stand on the other side, please?
0: Billy Bob! This is
1: it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big Bob halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation
0: of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a stack lunch. I need that ball. Get
1: me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. You
0: the ball. Oh, are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! Hope he didn't kill somebody. This is Eleven Personnel. I am Nick Rous. He's Adam Lucket, and we're happy to be brought to you today by our good friends at Soar, DrinkSoar.com. All natural hydration. Get the electrolytes you need while you're cooped up in your house throughout these trying times and support local business. Made and developed by scientists, athletes, and sports medicine doctors in Lexington, Kentucky, Soar provides hardworking people with a better hydration hydration solution. Say that five times fast. All natural, without preservatives. Can't it's a do it. healthy way to hydrate. All clean and clear. It's flavored with real fruit. There's no chemical additives, no dyes. Proudly made in the USA. Get some of Sword products shipped right to your home by visiting drinksword.com. No sugar added. Just enjoy it. It's gluten free, full of hydration, all the stuff you need to help stay safe and sound. During these trying times, Adam Luckett, we've reached a time where it really feels like uh, time is standing still. I mean, back in my day, there was so much toilet paper. People literally used to string it up the trees of their enemies. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was a Mike Leach meme. Oh. Yeah, sorry. We,
1: we, I think this is going to become a new thing for us. What do you think?
0: It's already become a thing mm-hmm. for us. Mike Leach memes all day, every day, but... Unlike uh, any other episode, we're not going to be talking the latest on what's happening in the football world. But, we're just going to get a little silly in the show. And then maybe not even silly, as much as... Creative content season. Yes, um, because here's the thing, folks. As bad as it is having to live life without sports, it also allows us to do things that we otherwise normally can't. And it just kind of stirs things up a bit. So, what Adam Luck and I did... We have ranked our five favorite Kentucky football games. Now, I want to be clear. These are our personal favorites. These aren't your five best. These are what we deem to be our favorites. And And
1: both of us being under the age of 31 – there's obvious ones that aren't going
0: to be you're on old, this list. You're over 30, you, you old man. <laughs> Not 31 yet. <laughs> um, I will be come football season. But, yeah, the, the, so these are going to be recent. And mm-hmm. uh, also, it's going to make it more relatable. Because mm-hmm. if I told you about my favorite game in the 1980s, like, sorry. Honorable
1: mention, Richbrook's second year. I did sit through a game between two SEC teams that only won two games this season. <laughs> Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. Kentucky won on a last-second touchdown. Glenn Holt caught it, 2004. <laughs> and I also s- sat through one of the Bill Curry years. They played Florida, and Florida won like 65 to nothing. That was my first UK game, in Mister Roush. My, so these are gonna end, these games ended a lot happier than that game did. My sure.
0: first game was an Auburn game in the 90s, but we don't count that because like it was a show up for a half, and I like half of the mascot on my way out, like. So I, I, I tell people that my first game was the Alabama game. Because that was the first time I like sat through a whole game. Oh, yeah. Mom and memorable it was, experience. It was Yeah, it was actually memorable. Whereas the other one, I just remember high-fiving the mascot. Now, so these are our five personal favorites. And I've already got one that I don't want to leave out. But I have to. So, right. I've got a couple, suck, too, that I had to leave out. But I'm going to have to do it. Number five for me, Adam Luckett. Going back to 2002, Kentucky versus the mighty Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. You're gonna have to explain why, because it, what was that, 70 to 7 oh, the score? They kicked the hell out of right. it. Right. I mean, it was an absolute curb stomping. That was a team that
1: went seven and five, but had a bowl ban. Yeah. And lost the LSU game. Everybody knows. So about. in 2002,
0: I was 10 years old, or I turned 11 during that football season, and. I think I attended every single game uh, that season. And it was my – I mean, they were, they were my favorite team. We had season tickets. Um, and as most of you all know, that 10 to 12 range, it's kind of the peak of your fandom. Gerald Lorenzen's quarterback, Dickie – or not Dickie Lyons, Derek Abney, wide receiver. Archie Pinner was like SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Exactly. They were really good. They were mm-hmm. fun to watch. And that year, the reason why that year was also significant is because my family had uh, – season tickets and section 226 rolled 25 seats, 24 and 25. But that year, that was the first year that my dad and my mom and dad, which by the way, we, I snuck into every single game, still made of my childhood. <laughs> we Mom and dad would go and I would just sneak in between them because, well, it folks, it's pretty easy to sneak into these football games, especially when you're a little kid. But that was the first time my parents, they would let me go visit my friends who sat in another section. And I went down to my friend Justin's section, who was down with the, the Ebronses were in section 119, I believe it was, and they were all, they were pretty close, too. So I was down in the end zone, and uh, I I would kind of make my way over there right before half. I'd hang out for a little while, and then if it was a blowout, my parents would just stop by and pick me up on the way out, or I'd go up and watch the end of the game. We're sitting there, and it's right before half, and we wanna we want to get close to the locker rooms to, like, you know, boo Middle Tennessee State on the way out because that's where their locker room was. And as we're going to walk up front, all of a sudden, a brawl breaks out. People are swinging helmets. Punches are being oh, thrown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh It was like we you got – You can a- find it on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. It's still out there with Rob Romley on the call. <laughs> and I think Jeff Van Note, Drew you know, Diener was yeah, on the Yeah, that's what was five five about. You know e. Drew Diener was on those, those late broadcasts. He's the one like describing the action as it goes down. Yeah, and uh, Lorenzen goes down, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And that's exactly what happens. And that was like, that was when I was like, oh, man, this is the best team ever. We're going to win every single game. And I believe in that year, they beat Louisville, too, which already had, you know, had everybody juiced up, and then you get to go see and watch them just Mm -hmm. whack somebody, Mm -hmm. and then, like, literally beat them up. And that was one of my favorite games. A little sad story about that season.
1: They opened up with Louisville, and Louisville was, like, preseason top 15. Dave
0: Rag won. Yeah,
1: go to were like, it was BCS Bowl or Bus. Oh, the, Ragone was, I yeah. call him Rag One.
0: And, that was, that was and they had they salt. were starting
1: a Heisman campaign, and Louisville was selling Dave Ragone bobbleheads oh, over the
0: summer. My next-door neighbor has, has it, his autograph.
1: Right. He still has it. So, in that game, Kentucky had a really good defense line. Like, Dwayne Robertson ended up being a top-five pick. Jeremy Cottle was good. Jeremy Cottle had three sacks in that
0: game, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, in that game, they just they hit Ragone on every play. Yeah, much. it was awesome. Beat the crap out of them. Beat Louisville. It was a big upset at the time. 20 and, and then someone came out with a bobblehead, a mock bobblehead of Ragone, but it was beat up Dave Ragone. <laughs> it had like black eyes on it, bandages around his head. <laughs> and so oh, that was that when, was, awesome. was Pete. That was one of the peak rivalry moments that people really don't talk about.
0: 0-2. One game that I did not attend in person. I was happy I didn't. Was the Bluegrass Miracle. Yeah, I was that, there for that one. That one was bad. That one sucked. But a great game was when Abney broke the mm-hmm. – or he tied the record for return touchdowns Yeah, against South Carolina? I think it was, was – it, Or Mississippi State. It was Mississippi State,
1: but it was the next year, I think. I think it was 03. Was it? Because it was at home, and they oh, – let's look this up. And, cause you could be right. I, I remember, I remember
0: the Maroon team, and what I remember most, though, is that you had uh, – Cause I remember it was a Jeff- Jefferson Pilot game. Oh, yeah, it was his JP game. In the last seven yards, that yeah. he like gets stood up, and there's like a stalemate. That was all three when he broke it, the and next the guys year. all kind of they they, they did they the push, pushed him they in. did the bush push right. and pushed him in. Right, that was incredible. And, and one other thing I'd like to point out that like, actually no, I'll I'll save this for later. I'll save that for later. I'll, I'll mention that later. But that was my that was number five on my moments. Mm-hmm. That was my young. Uh, I, I had to throw that one in there and give that game some love because there was a lot of Kentucky games when we were younger too, where it was what it, much fun. It, it was blowouts one way or the other. Right. You're either getting your ass kicked or you're kicking the other team's ass. Mm-hmm. So the the other kind of side stuff was m- as much entertaining as anything. Else. Mine was another
1: tape delay broadcast. Okay, I'm going back to 06. Oh, Kentucky. It's first Saturday in November. They're two weeks off of just getting blistered at LSU. Forty nine nothing. Mm-hmm. They pick up a big win at Mississippi State, but it was a bad Mississippi State team, so people weren't really buying in yet. Croom, right. They got fired that I year. believe they're, they're four and four going into this game. They have some winnable games left on the schedule when you looked at Vanderbilt and Louisiana Monroe at home after that, but it felt like they needed a big win. Brooks needed a big win. So they're playing Georgia. Matthew Stafford, Mark Richt, who we talked about in the previous podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: Georgia's favorite, obviously, is 1 p.m. kickoff. This, this was pre – no, this was the year with Sean Moreno and A.J. Green, correct?
1: I think it was pre the big Moreno year. Okay. They had another running back in there. Um, but, anyway, they had Stafford, I remember. It was a comeback win. Kentucky was down. They came yeah. back in the fourth quarter. This game, I don't know if you remember, Georgia ran a jailbreak screen, and Myron Pryor read it. And just – just, Like, the stadium had to stop for 20 minutes. They had to bring out a stretch. The guy ended up being fine, but he knocked the (laughs) crap out of him. So, I remember that, and I just remember the comeback. And they they score late, and then they get the Travard Lindley
0: interception. And then the
1: goalpost. That was the last time the goalpost came down.
0: And I remember that was at that game. Travard Lindley is – he is a running back – or, excuse me, a cornerback who – didn't like his numbers are like, like he's not in a bunch of like the record book all over the place, surprisingly. But he was really good at making interceptions in big moments because he had that one and then yeah. he had the LSU. one, uh, yeah, and he had that against LSU and then he had one in the bowl game where it was like a one hand behind, the yes, team. it was insane. Yes. And 06 that stopped a touchdown. And if you remember 07 at Arkansas, the game they won,
1: beat McFadden and Houston Nutt, it was early in the season. That was the game. They were they got ranked, yeah, but then right, they were an underdog right. at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Before halftime, he had a scoop and score for a touchdown. He's a big play guy, man.
0: Right. Big so he play made guy. Some, he
1: made some really big plays.
0: I think Moreno was on that team. He was drafted. I think he might have
1: been a redshirt fresh or red shirting that year. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he got Here, drafted. let's look no, it up. Not. We'll look it up right quick.
0: What? We'll, I'll see oh, if who's on, on that team. Who was on that team? He, I mean, yeah, he was on it, but I don't know his stats. If you look up the box for that. I'm going to pull up Georgia's
1: college football reference. You can pull up pretty much any team. With their stats, the, it's a beautiful I was, I, website. I was
0: trying to figure out some of the games, the actual box scores right. for an exercise. Yeah, games. see, he he was red then because
1: Craig Lumpkin was their leading rusher. Lumpkin, that sounds like. Such let's a see who gross some of their game. receivers were. Their best receiver was a guy. But let's see. No, it looked like it was pretty balanced. Uh, Martez Miller, Muhammad Masakoy. Masakoy, yeah, <laughs> he that, was good. He was I, a stud. I believe AJ Green was a freshman the next season, in '08, I believe. So it would have been. Uh, or oh, two years later no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that one's just one I remember. And, and then they they rolled at that win allowed them to close the season really strong. They won out, and they sh- they were really they were this close to beating Tennessee. They had a bunch of red zone trips that came short. They really should have won that game, but it they didn't go and beat Clemson
0: in the Music City Bowl. What it really started that that nice rich brooks run we saw from 06 yeah and it, it really was from that one forward i gotta admit though look that's one game i did not attend and i have like almost no memories of because it was a jp delay game yeah it was tape uh,
1: delay i remember drew deaner was the sideline reporter they were going down to him while people were tearing down the goalposts and tore i believe some people have told stories where they were watching the game at somebody's house and, and they run over and just run over and ran in the stadium right. as soon as the buzzer hit
0: i knew somebody that I had a couple friends who did that for the South Carolina game when mm-hmm. finally beat Spurrier, the first time, yeah, the first time. The uh, Mike Hartline. That was actually hell. I should have added that to my list because that was the last. That one's time. up there. I, it's not on mine either. That, that was, was the last one. time I sat in the student section, um, and I actually I, I i was pretty overserved that day, and mm-hmm. we had really close seats. It was when you could get, buy season tickets online, so I was like ninth row, and I kept like stumbling back and bumping into my buddy and knocking him down. And it was because I was overserved. The ushers thought he was the one that was overserved, and so they hauled him out of there. And he ended up having to get bailed out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thanks for biting that bullet, Sean." Okay, my number four. Right around the same time period, you were at 2007. Battle for the Governor's Cup. The Cats take down the Cards. Stevie gets loose, and the reason why, like, obviously, this is a game that, like. Everybody like Stevie got loose is just you, that's all you got to say. But this was one of those that uh, meant a little bit more to me because, folks, I I I'm in a Louisville family. I, when I go to family reunions, I'm the UK guy that everybody dogs. And at the time, <laughs> they were
1: the like you have to tell the story right because when you look back on it now, that Louisville team ended up they still. But good. at the time,
0: Louisville won the Orange Bowl right three they were, games ago. They were
1: top ten. Brian Brom was a Heisman contender. He was
0: on the cover of Sporting News, mm-hmm. uh, I think Sports Illustrated. Sw-
1: they, have a, they were supposed to have one of the best offenses in college football. They
0: brought everybody back. They had Harry mm-hmm. Douglas, who was, I mean, he played in the NFL mm-hmm. for a long time. Arudy was their big guy, and Gary Barnage was their tight end. He played for a long time. You had, yeah, they had
1: stable backs.
0: Anth- Anthony
1: Allen was a big recruit for them. I believe Lionel Gates. Well, I
0: mean, think about their offensive line. Eric Wood just retired, he was there for like 10 yeah. years. Bruno well, Giacomini won a Super Bowl with Seattle, I believe. And they
1: had the, I believe, a few maybe, or there was a kid from like Danville who was really good. I believe it they're their last. The year before, they good. didn't have him on this team. He well, went, remember Willie A. Williams. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but they were really good, and and Brian Brom is my first cousin. He's the quarterback of the other team. So the entire time, I'm wanting to cheer for Kentucky, but we're meeting up with the family beforehand. So what do I do? I have a white Louisville t-shirt that just has like a Louisville on it that I wear to the tailgate. Now I wear this shirt to the tailgate because when you're 16 years old in the mid 2000s, you always wore a white t-shirt underneath your regular shirt. And, in fact, you wanted to have a good shirt, too, because like, you wanted to show the collar, that, like, white part of it. It had to – there had to be just that little white brim around your kind of collar. So, as soon as I got out of there, I put on my blue shirt and then went and sat next to my friends who were in that end zone. Oh, yeah. Stevie gets loose, like, right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And Buddy Brain, we're rushing the field, damn it. And that last play happens, and people start to rush the field. Well – Harry Douglas caught the ball. Oh, I know, and he's about ten yards away from getting the end zone. And I'm like, I'm worried. I'm pausing. i like, having flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, it feels like the Bluegrass Miracle <laughs> yeah. all over again. Instead, what I do, I finally, it, you hear the crowd erupt. I take off, and I almost ran into my cousin while he's walking off the field. Season in ruin. Top ten team in the country. They're down, and I'm going nuts wearing my Kentucky blue shirt. My Kentucky blue shirt. Had the time of my life. This is the first time I would ever rushed the field. It was just a thrill unlike any other. Absolutely amazing. You're, you're. I mean, I think the coolest part about rushing the field too, Lucky, like, is that you can just like drill dudes in their shoulder pads, and you know that nothing matters, and you kind of feel like you're mm-hmm. with the team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely exhilarating. And then, and then once it's over with too, I, I take that blue shirt, I tuck it in my back pocket, and I'm like, oh man, sorry about that run. You know, it was a, it was a tough loss. <laughs> I think I eventually told him that story, like, two or three years ago. But that was that was an all-timer for me, one I will never forget, at number four. Adam Luckett, who is up number four uh, for you? My
1: number four is 2016, Kentucky versus Louisville. Now, every other game on my list – I, I attended, I believe, but this one was the one I didn't attend. Watched it from home, but I regret it.
0: Oh, because you didn't have face in the cats like it, did you? I'll
1: tell you what I did the night before. Me and my cousin looked up. We were like, I think we got a decent chance tomorrow to win the game. Let's look up what this money line is, see if we can put a bet in. Unfortunately, that's oh. when I learned money lines, they cut them off at 17.
0: Oh. So you so you didn't Oh, well. <laughs> oh man, that's so, brutal.
1: So that that didn't happen. So anyway, the game happens and we all know the game. Lamar fumbles, everybody listen to this has a recent memory of what happened in that game. And it was just it was a huge win, and I think for stoops it was a big win to prove he could they could win a game like that against top notch competition at that point.
0: And there was really a like that we knew that Stoops was a good recruiter. And we knew that things were kind of going in the right direction, but there was still the jury was out. Is Mark Stoops a good coach or not? Mm-hmm. And to pull off an upset like that, in to do it in a fashion in which Louisville punches Kentucky in the jaw right away. We remember the I Love This Shit play from Steven Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, Louisville had scored on the s- series before that. And what does Kentucky do? They respond, they they deliver a haymaker on the following play. And. Uh, I'm not gonna like that, that. That that was very validating win, and it really started momentum for the next three years. Right. Um, I gotta say though, like it, that was the one that I had as my honorable mention that mm-hmm. just missed the cut because I felt like hell that game. I was very sick. I don't know what it was, but I was too in much the, turkey. I was in the press box, um, upstairs in like the third row. My stomach was kind of out of it, but I was like, all right, I gotta power through. Adrenaline really kicked in in that second half, and whatever i was feeling bad it went away and the thing that was most frustrating about that is that i was like sprinting downstairs to try to get video of like you know them celebrating on the field but it was cold out and i had my pass tied to my jacket and i didn't have my jacket on they wouldn't let me on the field because i didn't have my press pass so i'd go all the way back up all the way back down that was a pain in the ass but it was still cool, like the aftermath of yeah, the locker. Room. You know,
1: four four touchdown underdogs. And then all the videos that came out, like the what's that song?
0: Oh Big uh, Mill Dreams and Nightmares. Dreams and Nightmares. That that I still get fired up for that. Right. You have Lamar Thomas crying afterwards, like mm-hmm. on the sideline. Dudes are smoking cigars. That was the, the birth room.
1: of the L's down too.
0: Yeah, and it had been around, but that really just like cranked it up to right. like 30. And that was also – that was before the game. I think uh, SportsCenter used my video of the Louisville band playing at the catwalk. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah. Louisville, I forgot about that. Louisville – Bobby Petrino was like, we're going to beat their ass, and they're not even going to think about it. And – it got turned up on their head. I know. And the fight. Well, no, that was two years ago. The fight. That was, that that was, was two right. years prior to that. But right. then afterwards, I, I felt like hell. But I was like, I got to go to the bars after this. I don't mm-hmm. care. And we're at a karaoke bar, and all of the fans are drunk singing "Hurt." Uh, hurt so good. <laughs> <laughs> like it was. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Um, but that that's a good one. It, it, even though you weren't there for it, just like the the Georgia one's a good one, even though I wasn't there for right. it. I did write down one thing I wanted to mention. Um, that I forgot with that 07 game This it, it didn't happen for this game but in 2007 my friends and I this was the dawn of the catwalk in 07 and we came up with we figured something out pretty early on they didn't really have any security back then now they've got the ropes and the barricades well we just would act like we were part of the team and we're 16 years old And my friends would just keep walking, keep walking. So we would walk in with the team with catwalk uh, to the point that when the guys would go onto the field to do their, like, throwing around like an hour before kickoff, sometimes we were the guys that were in there throwing before kickoff. (laughs) And, what like, after a while, you know, I'm all for sneaking in, but I would eventually kind of get cold feet. Like, all right, time to go. get into our seats. One of my buddies lasted an entire quarter before somebody was found out. Like, where's your pass at? Uh, they asked, you know, Who are you, dude? They, yeah, then, then they made him leave the field. But, hey, you know what? Security a little bit tighter now at the Kroger Field. I don't think you can just go walking in with the team anymore. Yeah. Don't try that at home, folks. Two,
1: was Yeah, was 07. 07. was weird. Yeah, it was a fun time.
0: All right, Adam Luckett. Uh, you went with your number three, my number three. Well, that, that was my number four. Oh, that, okay. I'm behind you. But, okay. yeah, we're good.
1: You go for your number three.
0: My number three? Mm-hmm. 2018 at Missouri. Yeah, that one didn't make my list, but it was close. So Just for the ending. It was the ending. There For me, there was a lot more to it. Because if you all recall, there was a lot of you all that were very mad at me going into that game. And it's because I called a bunch of you a bunch of idiots. Because you all were. You were being foolish morons who were wanting to bench Terry Wilson for Gunner Hoke or Danny Clark. That's stupid. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Pardon my French. That was stupid. And so I, I put together a long thought-out thing. It was like, "Hey, um, folks, if you if you can't enjoy success now, they've lost one game, and your quarterback played poorly at Texas A&M, but they had lost one game and were in the top twenty-five. And people, they were doing the thing that Georgia football fans do, well, where they, they they get their offensive coordinator fired when they have a good thing going." In
1: our next segment of the podcast, we're going to get into why I think Kentucky fan base is kind of like that.
0: Yeah, and there's a good reason for it. It's because we got spoiled 20 years ago with quarterback play. But my general sentiment going into that game was like, if you all just relax them this is going to be fun. And you know what? For three quarters, I was eating crow. It was doom and gloom. Well, the offense wasn't doing a
1: damn thing. If you go back and watch that game, though, they were moving the ball with Terry at quarterback.
0: Like, And his numbers were good. They were getting to like the 40, then yeah. somebody committed a holding penalty. But a false start. They,
1: put, they panicked, and they put – Hoke in there, and then that's when things really got so bad. They, they and then, burned
0: two drives, and then it, Danny Carr I'm, fumbles on the third down. I'm
1: very much of the belief if Terry gets those four possessions that he missed or whatever it was in the game, Kentucky yeah. probably scores on two
0: of them, and that's it's enough to win the game. But even despite all of that, Kentucky's defense in the second half, they were in the zone. They were on fire, it's NBA out. Jam style. Drew Locke, a guy who – I think it's actually going to end up being like the first good draft pick John Elway's had at quarterback. That offense was really good. That's before Derek Dooley went and Mm -hmm. you know laid a double. It was a top ten offense in college football. They were rolling and Kentucky forced ten straight three and outs. And what happens? The last five minutes were the most incredible. I I went down on the field, and then went like or I was on my way down to the field just because I was like, screw it, this game's not worth anyway. You all can handle it. And then Bowden, new life for the Wildcats. He subs himself in, Mm -hmm. insanity ensues, and then Kentucky wins on a last-second play to C.J. Conrad, a walk-off on an untimed down. Mm -hmm. And I don't think – Ma Wagner started the P.I. I I mean – Flagner started that day. How many games – like, we see buzzer beaters in basketball. When do you see walk-offs in football? Oh, hardly ever. I mean, only in overtime, really. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're counting that. And you like they had to do that, like because they were down by four, right? It was a uh, uh, fourteen to ten. Yeah, fourteen nine because they, they went, went for, for two, two and missed it. Didn't get it, so it's fourteen nine. So they got to score a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then that happens. Oh, I mean, it just.
1: Well, not only that, what that play meant—it meant Kentucky was going to host Georgia next week for the SEC title.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was absolutely insane.
1: And then it, obviously we know the story didn't end well, but just that week, like oh, that week, Kentucky football fans was just
0: that was the week that we've been heaven on earth. Exactly, that was the week that we've been hoping and praying for for years, just to have a chance. And then you had Stoops celebrating, like the celebration on the field right. was crazy, and the way that Missouri set, set up, like the the the. The wall is only about three feet if you run up this hill. So, like Lonnie Johnson, he's got the little Luke Cawson kid who's got cystic fibrosis right. that's been with the team. He's on his shoulders with Luke. Uh, you've got, like, Jordan Jones, like, hugging, pe- dapping people up in the stands. Like, it was insane. And then they go to the locker room, and Mo Bamba's is playing, and Stoops crowd surfs mm-hmm. and breaks the ceiling. Like, yeah. oh, I just, after that was over with, I, you know, pure adrenaline once again. It was Halloween night. And I remember when the game time came out, I was like, well, maybe I can get home in time for the Halloween party. No, I blogged my ass off, got on the road, drove through the night, and I listened. Is that five hours? Yeah, it, it, it's it's about four and a half, give or take. Like, if you're doing, you know, 100 in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, at two in the morning, like, nobody knows. But it's a little bit longer. That that drive to St. Louis is deceptively long. So it's probably about four and a half-ish or so, give or take. Gotcha. But I turned on that post-game show, and Stoops drops two. He got dumped twice. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, I remember and I jumped there, you know, and all this stuff. And I it was on podcast, so I got to hear it all. And it was just Honestly, if not for like that was my favorite game of the year, if not for what happened a few uh, weeks before. Mm hmm.
1: Well so, we'll get to that one in a second. Oh yeah,
0: we're gonna get to that one. You're I, number three, Adam Luckett.
1: My number three, this is my first road trip win as a fan. Oh
0: man, and that's another aspect of that Missouri game is on the road. Mm-hmm. Win on the road is And this was
1: also Ended up being Snoops' first road win. 2015 Ooh. at South Carolina. The game that ended Steve Spurrier. Oh, man. Officially. The dagger. And first off, South Carolina fans, it's, they're rough, man.
0: That, that They're rough. That game in particular, because that was when there were a couple South Carolina ladies who were getting into it with people at the catwalk. Mm-hmm. The security had like cut off the walkway, and they were like fighting people.
1: Right Uh, I have a comparison I want to see if you agree South Carolina Is the SEC version of Louisville Stadium
0: Right by the the fairgrounds fairgrounds. It's
1: nothing but asphalt Oh yeah Concrete
0: They got the little cabooses too Mm-hmm. Yeah (laughs) They show up They have
1: a student section I'll just draw this up for you all There's just empty lots Kind of everywhere I mean it's just a fairgrounds, yeah. So it's like empty. Just think of empty lot, empty lot that once a year gets filled with booths, carnival rides, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. And one of them they have it chained up, and this is like a fifteen foot fence blocked in. It is where the student, like it's their student section. So um, envision the bowl at Lexington that's no longer existent, but where everybody used to tailgate, they just have that. But it looks like they're in like a prison yard.
0: It's <laughs> just tailgating. It's uh, where they. It's it's like West Virginia's to the pit. Were they like just throw them in yes. there like a bunch of animals?
1: Yeah. So like, I just felt like I was going to the game at Louisville the whole time, <laughs> and so they're they're talking smack the whole time, all their fans. So we go to the game and Kentucky jumps out on them. It was what like twenty four to three, and really kind of thumps them. If they, if they come out and keep it up in the second, really Kentucky should have won that game in blowout fashion. Mm-hmm. South Carolina makes a quarterback change. They come back, they get a score. They they go for two to tie it. You have the Denzel Ware scoop and score. Oh man, that was awesome. Then Chris Westry makes the interception and then fumbles.
0: Pharaoh Cooper was he was on that team. Good, mm-hmm. and they, they went wildcat with him on that two point play, and that's when he yes, fumbled it. I yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Westery he didn't fumble that pick though,
1: did? He? I think they it was close. They caught him down and they reviewed it and it kept the call. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what it was. Because that was his, that was but, freshman Westry, mm-hmm. too, and we were in mm-hmm. Kentucky real high for him.
1: Kentucky won. Yeah, the hype was off the charts, and then Kentucky won the game but they didn't even they didn't know what to do after the game so they just ran in the locker room instead of like running over the fan <laughs> section
0: that was the first road win in like 4 years right or 6 or something first road SEC win in like 6 years mhm i think since 09 i think 09 was the last road SEC win yeah i mean and when you get those wins on the road there's nothing like it, mm-hmm. especially going to the bars afterwards and people just, like, mean mugging well, the hell out of you. And then I
1: learned that night that South Carolina, they closed the bars at, like, 1 a.m. on Saturdays.
0: Because they're scared. <laughs> scared of Kentucky fans coming there and raising <laughs> hell. And that wasn't the grocery game, but what are they doing, though? They did something odd. The 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 in video was pretty lit, though, after that. There was another good locker video that yep. John Clay got on his iPad. I think Matt was the
1: one that got that and posted that. Maybe it wasn't Matt. Yeah, he didn't video it.
0: They let him in, yeah. but John Clay had, like yeah, yeah, the door. it was John Clay. Yeah, right. now I remember that now.
1: Oh. I think Matt was in the video. You could see him. Oh man,
0: that was a great win. All right, my number two. I think that
1: was the Grocery. I think that's when Grove Street took
0: off. No, Grocery was, was at home because that was the kickoff that was playing that song uh, when they were. When oh yeah, was. yeah, yeah. It
1: was the year before. I think they played Grove Street, though after that game. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it
0: was. All right, my number two. Actually, I don't think this is my number two anymore. I don't know. You you go for number two, you go. My number two is actually two. yeah. I'm gonna go number two. <laughs> you sure? Yeah now? yeah. Well, because here's the thing. These next two, like one of them is obvious reasons he buys. But uh, okay, I'm just going number two beating Florida at the swap. The only reason why it's not number one is because that's my number one. By the way, so I was in physical pain. From like that experience, like my body, the the anxiety it went through, like I'm, not, nothing's ever going to come close to Plus that. Plus the heat, And God.
1: outside press box, right? Florida. Yeah,
0: outside press box. It rained earlier in the day, I believe. It was humid as hell. But like, you all don't under, Like I, yeah, they say I'm sitting on my butt my whole job, but like the, I was cramping afterwards. I was so dehydrated, and like <laughs> the physical and emotional toll it took on my body absolutely wrecked me. Whereas my number one game I actually enjoyed that experience the whole way through. But it's probably gonna be the one game I tell my grandkids about most, which is just beating Ford at the swamp. Is it had everything like It was it's your number one. We'll just, you know lay all of our cards on the table. We did were you at the swamp for this game? No, I was in Louisville. Uh,
1: went to a big watch party though, so that was fun to experience with a lot of people. This
0: the thing While that, I was live vlogging, back thing, when I could get in the live vlog. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this game too is like, uh, at the time people were like, "Oh, Florida's not going to be that good this year." Oh well, yeah, they were good, and also that stadium was nuts for a lot of that game. Like, this wasn't a well it was
1: Mullen's first SEC home game.
0: in yeah. Florida, and people were fired up. Um, the place was packed. I remember just being so angry at the start of the day because you couldn't get around anywhere around town because there's so many people out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way the game unfolded, Kentucky hit them early with some big punches and kind of was just holding on. Uh, and then that damn drive, that 99-yard drive where there was like a third and 27 that they got. Mm-hmm. And then there was another really big play. Mike Edwards
1: dropped pick six.
0: I mean, you thought that the game was over. Like You're like, we've seen this before. They're gonna, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean,
1: that game was this close by just – I mean, for you all listening at home, my thumb between – my index finger between my thumb just barely of double-digit win for Kentucky going the other way. They just couldn't get it to go that way. But you know who could close it out for him? Defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. Well, before that, they got – Florida scored, and there's only three minutes left or whatever. Yeah. Benny Snell grinds out. Some first
0: downs. Well, I, I'm talking before that when Josh tipped the pass. Oh, yeah, the yeah, point yeah. 2 because yeah. that would have made it a – Three-point game. Yeah. It's 21-16. Yeah. 27-16 final after the, the Scoobin' the the score. score. But, like, just to tip that pass, they did the little ESPN tracer following Allen's footsteps, mm-hmm. and he just, like, saw a dude That's of the That's a play his that eye. you saw on Oz draft tapes. Yeah, because it's like, how does that guy cover that much ground? Mm-hmm. Makes that play. Um, and then Benny, he chewed up, like, three or four first downs.
1: I believe it was three, and they had to waste all their time out. So they they got the ball back with 95 yards to go, with really like I think like 35, 40 seconds.
0: Yeah, absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to end it, you get a Josh Strippen sack, which was absolutely appropriate. It was a very weird ending. Yeah, because perfect
1: Kentucky football fashion. <laughs> you oh, got to yeah. end it
0: weird. Perfect way yeah, to go out. I mean, out. that
1: was my number one. Just I mean, it ended the streak, and to do it to a good Florida team on the road. Like, there was no flukes about it. It was just – they just straight up beat them.
0: And they ran for – what was it,
1: 300? Yeah, they ran for – rushing yards? They ran for over 300 yards. Terry Wilson had a – it was like
0: a coming out party for Terry Wilson. I think a lot that of people throw, got on his bandwagon. He after. had to Lynn Bowden. Oh, mm-hmm. <sighs> And then after the game to give the ball to John Sharman. Like, that that picture. Yeah, it's a good picture. It's, oh, man. Um – Hell, just the journey video too. Pop that journey video on right now and tell me I'm getting fired up. I only put it in number two because I was a wreck. I only I like pulled over and cried on my way home. I was an emotional wreck. Like four hours of sleep. Yeah. Driving sixteen hours home. It was awesome. Your number We waited on it for a long,
1: long time. And you know what? Some <laughs> people waited on it longer than me. I never saw it. It delivered. Right. My number one really? my number two yes. was LSU, Kentucky, O seven. Obvious reasons. <laughs> the, Hosting the number one team It was the biggest game in college football that day Yeah, college game day was in town Well, it came in town the next week
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right that's But
1: right. if you won, you were getting college game day And if you won that, like Kentucky thought they were going to win the SEC And go to that, like, compete for a national championship You were probably at UK too My that? freshman year Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah, so of course that's your number one It's got to be mm-hmm. oh. Watching the student section, rush the field And
1: just like – I mean, it was just a big boy, big league college football game. Just two really good teams, trading blows. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky just had – they landed a couple more punches than
0: LSU did. It was another uh, sneak-in game for me too. Didn't have a ticket. We were watching from the uh, end zone, uh, like the, the – not the upper deck, but like, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of standing around area up there. I was just pacing throughout mm-hmm. overtimes. And the, the worst part of it is if you weren't – like we were in the end zone, so we couldn't tell if – if, they stopped him or not. It was it was obviously short, like, if you were watching on television. There, even at the stadium, there was a delayed reaction to it. And it's because we're just Kentucky football fans. And, like, I think just the shock. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> the shock, uh, like,
1: everyone. like oh. the, but, They're just waiting to wake up <laughs> look around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I, re- I went back and watched this game. I think it was when UK Takeover in July on the SEC Network, they played it. Yep. Which they're doing now. I don't know if you know this. It's uh,
0: Saturday. Or, last Saturday? Because we recorded this uh, a week ago. Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, they a guy had a sign in the crowd. It said, Billy G can wait. As in Billy Gillespie. As in Kentucky's new hire, basketball. <laughs> and I, I saw that sign. And that just made me crack up. So, I was like, man, have things changed? Oh,
0: God. Man,
1: they really have. And, of course, the, the field storm, it's just pandemonium. That's a good one. That's a really not, good one. That one's, now, if Kentucky, like, it can be top, but it's going to be hard. It's going to have to be kind of like, we'll win the SEC
0: East. For being completely honest, my number three is probably going to end up being my number one, like, a long time from now because of just the unbelievableness of it. Um, but my number one for right now is all recency bias, and that's the 2019 Belk Bowl. And some of it is, uh, in my case, is. Like this was the first time. I guess the no. I even had some uncertainty in that Penn State game. There was only one play in this entire Belk Bowl against Virginia Tech that I thought Kentucky would like had a chance at losing, and that was the fourth and seven that Josh Ali caught about six inches above the turf. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a, that play. Like I had full confidence that entire game that Len Bowden was going to. Do something incredible and go down and win the Especially
1: football. Especially that drive. I knew that. I felt
0: good that that drive. Yeah. That they were going to. There well, was plenty
1: of time. They, they had, had timeouts minutes. in their back pocket. In, It was also. I, I just. the I didn't want them to give Virginia Tech enough time.
0: <laughs> you and I don't think Mark too Stoops too did either. Right, right. Well, and that, yeah. I, I was one of many people who were like, all is going according to plan. Like, there's. You know. <laughs> like, I wasn't one of those freaking out about rushing. Uh. Making it, ha- hey, why aren't you taking the timeout? Why aren't you doing this? Why is the clock still running? It was like, okay, this is going according to plan. That fourth down, I was worried for a second. But this game had a lot. It had your, your fighting, which I'm is well-documented. Big fan of fights. Um, I'm a big fan of run the damn ball. And the overall tell-your-grandkids kind of story, that time a receiver played quarterback. And This just kind of validated, if there were any doubters anymore, like Kentucky football's for real, and it's here to stay for a while, folks. If you can win like they won this year, beating good teams. Virginia Tech's a well-respected program, and in the Bud Foster Memorial game, they ran the ball down his damn throat. They did it all in front of a big stadium. And I also, like this is probably the only game I'll watch with my wife. She was sitting next to me in the press conference, and that was just cool. It was a it was a very grown up moment for me, and it and it felt like I'd finally, kind of you know, it, it come full circle. Um. So that was a cool experience. Got to share with her, and then I was on the field with Josh Ali. Caught the touchdown pass, which you can't write a better ending than that. It was everything you wanted in a ball game. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't ask the, for more. The
1: back and forth was just awesome. Of course, we've expre- we've gone over
0: my experience during that game. Yeah, yeah. which but, was awful. <laughs> <laughs> <But> like <laughs> hell, even the big hits in the stadium or the whole stadium. I mean, it was like you talking about that Georgia game where you had the ooh. Mm-hmm. Like I know, Facebook, yeah, I, remember I know that, that Tim Yusuf Corker hit, was. Zach Heat-seeking missile had one mm-hmm. on punt return, and it,
1: it was just an awesome, awesome. Like it was a game we would like. That was an awesome game. We had no interest. We were just sit down watch.
0: Oh yeah, a random yeah, game. Yeah, watch uh, Auburn versus uh, Penn State and in a bowl game. I, I Belk
1: Bowl, rest in peace. If you go back and look, that was kind of what the Belk Bowl did. They had these exciting games, except for Will Muschamp who got shut out in a Belk Bowl.
0: R.I.P. Not Will Muschamp the Belk Bowl, but you know. That man walking. But that one
1: one was on my honorable mention list. Some other ones I had on there. 2016, Mississippi State, Kentucky. What was probably the biggest win for Mark Stoops?
0: Man, I think 18, Mississippi State's underrated game as well, just because it's a slobber knocker. Mm -hmm, That one, yeah. Yeah. Benny Snell was an absolute 2014,
1: South Carolina versus Kentucky. We're just getting started, bro. Yep, yep. uh, And then 18, Kentucky versus Missouri was on there. I, I.
0: 97 yeah. Alabama, Couch the Yeast. I was too young to really comprehend it, but still. Right. Huge moment in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another tape delay game. Yeah, yeah. And they had the old Wildcat. They, they, they had a cool logo on top of the scoreboard, though. So when you see that old picture, you see the, the Wildcat with the UK and the football in it. That was cool. Yeah. Bring I like it back. The, I like the personalized logos for each team. Louisville Cardinal Bird, the Duncan Cardinal Bird, the Heisman Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Those are. Very it's cool. the best thing that school does. Yeah. The only good thing that school does, as a matter of fact. Uh, speaking of the 90s, let's have a discussion, Adam Luckett, about what happened at the University of Kentucky back in 1997. A guy by the name of Hal Mummy, Gunslinger from Valdosta State. CM Newton, I believe, yeah, CM Newton made that hire. Yes, he did. Yeah, because Mitch Barnhart's first hire, I think, was... Rich re- Brooks. Yeah, yeah. CM um, Newton sees this guy, D2 guy who's putting up crazy numbers, scoring points, and I believe he had just come off of a Division two title. Or at least appeared in the title. Game. Let's look it up here. I should have looked it up before.
1: From Valdosta, like you said. Yeah. By by way of I believe they were at Iowa Wesleyan before landing at Valdosta State. He lost in the Division II quarterfinal in
0: 1996. Okay, well that's either here or there.
1: 40-17 and one in five seasons down there in South Georgia in the
0: Gulf South Conference. Pretty solid resume. And when Hal Mummy's hired by CM Newton, they're bringing it's basketball on turf. Yeah. Points, points, points. We're gonna do football unlike any other school in the Southeastern Conference. They're playing defense and running the football. We're going to throw it. Bill Curry in the option, those days are done. We've got Tim Couch here, the best passer in high school football, one of our state's best. We're going to make the most out of him. I think some of that hire was made mostly with Tim Couch in mind because as Couch has said publicly multiple times, he was going to go to Tennessee.
1: I I think, too, there was probably a lot of let's entertain people before basketball gets here. 'Cause why do, I mean like think about it, they hired a division two head coach. Yeah. Like think like if they hired a division two head if Mark Sweep left tomorrow and they hired a division two head coach, yeah. We would get on here and raise a lot of hell. Yeah, exactly.
0: So So I mean it was a different time, obviously. And it was also like the way that that kind of shows you CM Newton's attitude towards football. Yeah, and that's been talked over a lot, I think most people Realize that Dale, and there's a lot
1: of people who don't want his name on that in that stadium. And I, I <laughs> yeah. think they have a point. Yeah,
0: they, they they do make a good point. And right away, it becomes a blast, um, but not exactly uh, success on the, the the in the record books. Right away in that 1997 well, season, they beat Alabama, which big win. Um, and you have to think the year before
1: and the years of the Curry, it was just boring football. And this is just – I mean, it was brand new. It was like a video game. People just weren't used to it. They were spreading it out and throwing the ball a bunch and scoring points and playing the siren.
0: And oh, it, man, and the siren. For the
1: first time in people's lives, Kentucky football was fun. I see. And so people got all – like, were all in on it. Beat, I, beat Louisville his first game. Yeah.
0: I remember that game mm-hmm. because that was back when people put chairs on top of their cars to sit – to, as like a signal for where your tailgate was. And somebody did that, and they wrapped a mummy up, and they put it in the chair, <laughs> which I thought was great. Here, I'm going to look up how many attempts a game did Tim count. Off? Let me see here. 50, 553 divided by 12 the following year. He threw it 46 times a game in 98. I'm sure in 97 it was similar numbers. But in 97, they beat Louisville in that first game. But, you know, they're kind of mulling around. The only – significant wins they went at indiana they beat the snot out they of them. don't even come close to tennessee or florida no 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 no. they beat their fcs team they beat vandy and uh they have that big alabama win that's their one kind of big shiny moment but it's fun it's entertaining and what first can-
1: time they beat alabama ever
0: oh, oh is uh in hell i should know this 47 years 63 years it was since like World Let's War II or something. Let's see that here. Man, and, you know, here's the thing, folks. I did some stats research. I didn't do as much as I probably should have. That's why
1: we have the internet. 37-1-2 in all time.
0: Kentucky's last win over Alabama was in 1922. Yes. So, quite a delay <laughs> between <laughs> wins, to say the least. Goalposts go down. So, you know what? Everybody's thinking, hey. This is good. We can build off of that early early success. Just we can add to this. 1998 comes around and it's the best year of Kentucky football in quite some time. Cats are seven and four in the regular season. They win at Louisville, score 68 in the first game at Cardinal Stadium, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, and that is like a on a hot hot day for Molik. Oh, burn your ass trying to sit down mm-hmm. those red hot red seats before they were pink. <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking like oh this is something here this is something when at LSU yeah with uh, Gary G- Gary DiNardo Jerry DiNardo they, Jerry DiNardo it's then, Jerry with a G mm-hmm. which is a horrible name then the well. next week they host Seth num- Hansen kicks a field goal at the buzzer mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. next week they host Georgia number 11 in the country
0: they lose a close game man that was the game that if they win that like yeah I mean they lost 28-26 you win that, and you can't really say anything bad about them because here's just some numbers right here, folks. Tim Couch, and that year, uh, seven point eight yards an attempt. It's pretty good on how I mean on a lot of throws. Yeah, on fifty. No, that was forty six passes a game, three touchdowns and three hundred fifty six yards per game. Thirty mm-hmm. six fifteen
1: TD int ratio, one fifty three point three QB rating. All pretty. That's why he was a housing contender.
0: I mean seventy two percent. Completions broke all of the SEC records up to that point. Craig Yeast. so so what's funny here too, Bucket, is their success was all predicated upon Couch throwing to Craig East, who measured at five seven and a half at the NFL Combine. Five seven and a half, little old Craig East. He was the all-time SEC leader in receptions when his career was done. He had two oh eight that senior year. He had thirteen hundred receiving yards, and he wasn't the only. I mean, he was the main guy. But like, Anthony White had running almost, back Anthony White running back Anthony White. He almost had as many rushes as he had receptions. He had seventy eight catches, ninety seven rushes.
1: That's that. That's that. Mike Leach recipe. Now you have to remember at this time, Mike Leach was offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. he, and then he when he left was the Dusty Bonner year, and then he wasn't there for the Dusty Bonner
0: year. Jared Lorenzen's yeah. First so year. this is, he just got the first two years, and then yeah. goes to and Oklahoma of course he
1: got the couch years.
0: Yeah, Um, and he made the most of it um, because, like you said, Couch ended up becoming uh, a Heisman Trophy finalist, the first ever in program history. UK, they were ranked 11th in scoring offense, okay? 35.9 points a game. Let me just read off some of their scores. 68 against Louisville, 52 EKU. 31 against Indiana. They only beat Indiana by four. Um, Indiana went four and seven that year. Yeah, not good. Uh, thirty-five points uh, against Florida. Uh, they scored twenty against Arkansas, and that was their season low. Besides the the bowl game against Pittsburgh. and that
1: they quoted Mike Leach, he's been quoted on this saying, "What's the loudest stadium you've ever been in?" And it was that Arkansas game at because that was at their Little Rock stadium. It's yep. not their actual stadium.
0: He said it's nothing but concrete. It was loud. Lost so twenty-seven. 20. It was a night game down there. Yeah, but I mean they're putting up some crazy numbers all year long. But on the flip side. Defense, non-existent. Yeah, Jeff Snedeker's mustache out there trying to mm-hmm. tackle folks. Gave up 31 points a game. 94th out of 112 teams.
1: When I was looking at this, though, like – Sorry, Dor. <laughs> Their rushing numbers defense are not good. But they're, I thought they were going to be awful – they're not awful. They were just bad at everything. <laughs> they
0: just sucked at everything.
1: But the run, like the run numbers, are not like awful. So I was, I was a little surprised by that when I started doing some numbers I did some digging. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Still though, this was all offense, mm-hmm. no defense. But it was, like you said, it was a lot of fun. I remember vividly. There's a sound that Commonwealth Stadium would make, and it was when Tim Couch would wind up. And he'd go for one of those go-routes. You would hear everybody stand up at once. It was like a... I mean, I I wish I could replicate it whatsoever at all. But it's very vivid in my mind. The sta- the sound of people standing up. And then you'd hear a, a collective gasp. It was either a... Ah! Touchdown, Kentucky! And they'd fire up the air sirens. Or it would be a... Ah! Oh, all at once. on an incompletion. And... I mean, it was so much fun. And the stands were packed. Like, folks, there were more people going to these games than there were in the last two years because the games were on tape delay. You couldn't watch any on TV. Mm-hmm. So you had to go. And uh, you didn't know, have So people were tailgating all day. It was an event. And it was a lot of fun. Every game was a sellout that year. Every home game. <laughs> it was, 98. It was a lot of fun. In 98, air raid. Tim Couch goes to the Heisman Trophy ceremony, and he got beat out by a guy who... Deserved a win, believe it or not. I cried and said they cheated, but Ricky Williams broke all the rushing records. <laughs> so, like, Texas running back breaks all-time rushing records. He's going to win With the, the visor. Oh, yeah. He was scared. Before man. he went crazy. Well, well <laughs> probably a little crazy at the time. But Kentucky's going to the Outback Bowl, and my favorite thing, look, at they bring this out every once in a while before the bowl season. Harold later will publish a picture, but you've got Couch with his uh, Hawaiian shirt on. And he's got like uh, him and Yeast. They're 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 get, it's like they're tourists getting ready to go down uh, to the bowl game and the Outback Bowl. Where I guess Kentucky they didn't lose that game. If you go back in the record books, didn't win it either. Nope, didn't win it either. <laughs> um, fall to Penn State in the bowl game, and that was that was the peak of the air raid at UK. Now we had the sirens for a little bit longer. We still had a good quarterback play for a while. But at that moment in time, Kentucky was the passing capital of college football. They had Tim Couch, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, a Heisman finalist, throwing for 350 yards a game, unlike anything college football had ever seen before. And you saw other teams start to pick up on it. Spreads kind of, you know, spread offense became a norm. To, to the point Nick Saban was even running it 20 years later to a certain extent. But, as the farther we've gone along, the less and less Kentuckys looked like it. Mm-hmm. And, the la- last year we saw the antithesis. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> I know. We, we all know the story all too well. Um, Terry Wilson gets hurt. Uh, you have other people uh, go down. Sorry, Smith. You, you, you throw your wide receiver in at quarterback, and you say, you know what, we're going to run the damn ball. And play defense. And Kentucky had and punt the fourth best rushing offense in America behind only the middle t- military academies. are running triple options, averaging 277.8 yards per game. They broke the school single-game rushing record three times in consecutive games. I Actually, I don't think they broke it in the bulk bowl. So just twice in a row. Had 400 yards against the Louisville. They were running up to score against the Louisville by just running the ball every single play. They only had one pass attempt on a flea flicker. 0 for 1. And they did it by running the damn ball, playing defense. Second best pass defense, 167 yards a game. 14th in scoring, 19.3 points a game, and 20th in total defense. It was the exact opposite from what we saw 22 years prior. And it produced similar results. Each team... Had seven wins in the regular season. Kentucky, and Mark Stoops had the benefit of an FCS game um, to help get them there. Um, but everybody has that benefit. They had a, We had an extra. There was only a lot of regular season games back in 98, though. But
1: they still, they played an FCS. Did they play in FCS? They played yep, Northeast
0: uh, Louisiana, too. Okay. which. Is that a,
1: is that two FCS teams,
0: Northeast Louisiana?
1: Now, uh, are we talking about ninety eight?
0: Oh, I got my ninety sevens and ninety eight. Okay, okay. Up, yeah, ninety eight. They play DKU. Yeah. is there one? Any eight though, might as well be FCS. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> but you got a similar outcome by doing things completely different. Which one is better, Adam Luckett? That's a that's a it's a terrible question to ask because I'm putting you on the spot. But I think that it's a fun conversation to have. How the hell did we get here? Uh-huh. And it, it's it was still effective.
1: If you're just looking at long term, like if you're building a football team program, we've seen this offense, the the staples of it, everybody uses now. So to me, that's the answer because you had like because how the game's going to win a national championship to win big. You have to be able to throw vertically. You have to be able to create explosives with the pass game to to win at that level. I think we're seeing that's why Kirby Smart just went and hired a new offense coordinator. You've seen that Saban was he had the statement said if this if this is what y'all want the game to be, I'll do it. And then he went and did it. Now yep. you're seeing him do it. Joe Brady, look what he did with Joe Burrow mm-hmm. last year. So that's that. That's what you have to have to win. I think it's you have to be able to, you know, open the open the playbook, throw it vertically down the field and create explosive plays. that's what the air raid has brought to the game. It's made made football
0: stretch the field.
1: Play you've, gotta, in space. you've
0: got exactly, you've got to cover more ground. Mm-hmm. You're using 100 yards instead of just uh 40 by mm-hmm. just running the ball every Now,
1: what we just saw from Kentucky, like part of me wonders what if someone just went all in on offense like this? Like, that's what they they did. I mean, we see it with Navy and Army, but I'm talking about, like, a real team.
0: Kind of, like, similar to Oklahoma where they were ROP, run option pass, mm-hmm. kind of with Jalen Hurts.
1: Yes. But that yeah, that that's kind of – I mean, Oklahoma and Kentucky were running very similar offenses last year. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma was throwing it more, obviously. Right, right, right. But they were very similar. So, like, what would happen if a, a middle-of-the-road team just went all in on it and just recor- re- recruited – Badasses on the O line that can run block, mm-hmm. a couple tight ends, and just found a a guy that played quarterback that everybody else wanted to play receiver, and just be like, "Hey, you can come here and play quarterback." That could really like what would ha- yeah. like what would happen? I don't know. i would be interested to see if anybody tries it because what Kentucky did, it was like whoa. Now let's say Kentucky's not doing it this year, but let's say another team does it next year and mm-hmm. ends up having like more success. Yeah, because defenses now are building to. Be in sub packages, right, right, to rush the passer off the edge with athletes, and to stop the passing game. Play with they're, five getting sma- they're getting small. They're
0: getting smaller. So is this like the answer to that? The Ste- steering against the skid, right? Away? Going against the grain. I think what this year showed. It, I think from a long term standard, like yes, you're right. Uh, in that you do have to. Uh, be able to stretch out the field to win at a high level. But I think from sustaining like this 7 8 9 win pattern, the priority on defense, I think, has to come first in a league like the SEC. Because if you don't have Tim Couch, a Heisman finalist yeah. quarterback, then. That's
1: another thing, too. Like the success Mummy had, they had the best player, arguably, in Kentucky football history.
0: Yeah. Like it. When you have a guy who broke the national high school football passing record for yards and touchdowns, it, it cures a lot of ill wills. I mean, it'd be nice to see, like like he talked about going to Tennessee. It would have been, like, what would he have done with, like, Tennessee kind of weapons? You know what I mean? Like, no offense, Craig East, but, like, that's who he was dealing with. Hell, even the guys now. What would Couch have done with those guys now? Just, mm-hmm. so th- that's something to think about. But on the flip side, I mean, Lynn Bowden would have been a Heisman finalist if they did this all year. Absolutely. He would have been there. So both teams had that kind of star people, power. Some people try to
1: make him one.
0: Even at the end of the right. year. If he would have just had – if he would have just
1: started a South Carolina game, if they just would have went in that game and started him yeah. or put him in at halftime, he might he might have done it. Because especially two weeks earlier in the season mm-hmm. too where you can get a little bit more buzz. Because uh, the defense was good enough to win. They, all they needed was – if they would have got to – because South Carolina was stuck on seventeen the whole game, and they had that late touchdown when Kentucky was gassed. Mm-hmm. If Kentucky just plays offense and they can get a couple scores, like a couple touchdowns, they got a really they would have had a really good chance to win that game.
0: I think to put it plainly, air raid versus Bowden ball. Bowden ball is not as exciting. It doesn't have the flash that the air raid brings. It doesn't have the, the – I mean, the stats this year were insane. But it really doesn't jump off the page quite like the air raid. The gimmick just isn't as fun, running the ball and playing defense. But the four is so much higher when you can control the ball and play good defense. And I think that's what Mark Stoops has done with this program. He's raised the four. Whereas Kentucky, I mean, they really maxed out with those seven wins with Mummy in those first three years. Like five-win season, seven-win season, six-win season. Like, I don't think you can max out much more than that. Even if you took that now and you recruited at a better level, because that's one thing that Stoops has done much better than Mummy. I mean, hell, Claude Bassett was cheating and couldn't get good guys to come mm-hmm. to the U.K. Even if they had that, like, I still don't know what the ceiling is on the air. Like, what, the, I, I, you know. I want to say this. For Kentucky to reach that next level and
1: to be a program that wins double-digit games, gets to Atlanta. They're going to have to have a quarterback that can throw the ball vertically and they're gonna to have to have receivers that can make one on one plays. They're gonna to have to create explosives in the passing game. Because against the best teams, like we saw against Georgia this past year, they're gonna stop that run. They're just gonna stop it. You yeah. have to be able to make one on one plays in space. that's just the bottom line. You gotta have sometimes you gotta have the dude that's a difference maker that's catching the snaps from center. Yeah. And they had that. Mummy had that. Yep. And really Woodson, I think, is the only one else in that argument, the guy that can just make plays from from the pocket mm-hmm. with his arm. Now, with that said, I think Mum, that mummy era, I think, kind of, I don't know. I, I wonder, I sometimes I wonder if it did more bad than good for Kentucky.
0: Now, is this your, your takes that you, yes. you were saving up? Because I've been waiting to hear some Adam Luckett era takes.
1: Because as fun as those two years were, as fun as they were, they won seven games. They won seven games. And when they lost, Would have been eight and four in a in a re, uh, modern day schedule. And when they lost, they got their ass kicked. They weren't fifty-one
0: e- to thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Was a close loss. They to Florida,
1: and that wasn't a close. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, Florida is, probably could have scored seventy if you go back and watch that game.
0: I mean, they lost fifty-nine now, to 21. With that
1: said, Florida and Tennessee at that at this time, yeah, they were the like Tennessee the won the national t- title in ninety-eight, and they barely beat. I mean, that they were legit national championship contenders. But they they didn't. I mean, he didn't beat Georgia either. As, mm-hmm. So, and Georgia was kind of. They were probably more like a modern day. Let's see here, like Auburn is right now. I would say maybe yeah. a little bit lower,
0: up, up and down. Yeah.
1: So, so I wonder if because then the probation happens, and then they Kentucky kind of gets in this rut where they had they want to they want to throw the ball. They want to where Mark Stoops has to hire an area guy when he gets the job. yeah, Like that was, like they had to do that because that they thought that it's the only way to win. And I think one thing in common Rich Brooks and Mark Stoops has proven is to win. And I'm not even talking about just to like win at a big lot. I'm talking about just to like make bowl games consistently, be competitive, be salty. You don't have to, like you can just play straight up. Like you don't have to have this gimmick. Kentucky doesn't have to run around
0: to win games. like it's I mean the best teams had the best defense. Uh Brooks's team with Woodyard, Jarman, right. like well th- you had the weapons on the offensive side of the ball, your Andre Woodson's mm-hmm. your Rafael Little's. But the the defense is what really helped them win
1: games. O six oh seven, Brooks won with offense heavy teams. 08-09, he won with defensive heavy teams. Yeah. Like he won both now now O seven was obviously the cream of the crop.
0: Yeah, in, in 7 too, they get they did give up a lot of points. Um, like, mm-hmm. I think part of that too is the offensive style they played they right. didn't really help their defense that much but they, they they had a lot of talented guys that made the plays they needed to to win games mm-hmm. but the,
1: I just think that I think mummy ball essentially the air raid one I think it took a big step back when Leach left
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think mummy gets credit for this offensive tree and he should but the majority of those branches are branching off Mike Leach right right and I think it's fair to say like he was maybe the brains of the operation at this point, well and because M- leach talks about how when he was with Hal, Hal was insistent on using a tight end, like we have to have a tight end, and I want two back sets hmm. and all this, and Leach, when he got to Oklahoma and Texas Tech, took the gloves off, he said, to hell with this, we're going four wide.' And that way I'm going to have one back and he's that back's going to have – either they're not going to cover him or he's going to be in one-on-ones all the time and we'll use that as an extension of the run game, which is what Kentucky did. But we also have to remember defensive coaches didn't really have sub packages back
0: then. No, 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 no.
1: They were really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah. it was all – you were built on stopping the power run game. So you had the personnel to stop that. You had monster linebackers with shoulder
0: pads that weighed 800 pounds. They went up to pass their ears. <laughs> go back and watch. I
1: mean, just go Google, like, YouTube 1998, Tennessee versus Florida. It's
0: funny to watch them. Run and that's around. why
1: Spurrier had a lot of success, too, because they weren't they just weren't ready for that these, mm-hmm. at that time. And Mummy came in just at the right time because it was – was what Spurrier run and shoot, it was that on steroids. I yeah. mean, they were just going all in it on it. And never run the ball at all. Right. I mean, I get you know, they would run it at times. Sprinkle it in there here or there. Right. Now, right. Leach went the whole, I mean, he went even less, I mean, than that running the ball. He's still that way to this day. Mm-hmm. But I just think the mummy era, I think people in our minds are too much like. It's romanticized. Rom- yes, it's a perfect word for it. It's too, like, people talk about how great it was. And it wasn't, people back then were like, can't stop a nosebleed. You know, you still, like, <laughs> that's what people were talking about back then. You can't stop nobody. Can't win. Like, and I think it, it gets too, I think we talked, too highly of that. I think we should talk more highly of, like, the Rich Brooks era mm-hmm. of pulling Kentucky out of the gutter, facing a lot of heat, fixing it, proving, and that was without even recruiting. Like, Mark yeah. Stoops is taking it to a different level talent-wise, but Brooks proving, like, hey, if you get a good group and you get coaches that know what the hell they're doing and we have a plan and we hit on a few guys, you can make bowl games here. You can do it. It's, it's realistic... Realistic
0: goal. And now, I mean, r- really, the, the I think the uh, how to sum up this conversation, though, is to say that you can't be the cream of the crop by just doing one or the other. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a little bit of both. And this 2020 Kentucky football team, they're built for it. They really are. They know it. They're selling that. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a matter of, putting it all together, getting consistent play out of the passing game. you got the guns there. you just got to be able to consistently fire. You don't even have to hit a bullseye every time. But if you can be within range and you can just put that defense on their heels enough, control that ball, play good defense, this team can go very far. And one thing this
1: team has, and it's the thing I think Mummy realized, we need some Jimmys and Joes. Like we gotta get some ballplayers in here, and he was having success. They just got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. They were, Claude was just a little too aggressive. In <laughs> driving, driving around in that golf cart. So I think that's one thing Mummy did realize, but it just it got away from him fast, really fast. Well, too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, like you're right, you have to have you got to be able to do both. It would get be- you, get you, get you a girl that can do it both.
0: Is that what they say? Oh, a girl? Instead of a... Actually, you would want a guy because they're head coach, right? Well, I'm talking so about. Get you a man who can do both. That was what a
1: female would say. Get you a man that can do both. That yeah. can. We we're saying that about our man as okay. a man coach. Fine.
0: Yeah, look, well, you're wrong. Fine. I'm right. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I Win this. But yeah, Stoops has
1: proven, like, he's got, like, it took him a while, but now this defense is ready to hum, I think, for the foreseeable it's, it's future. Gonna be fun. So now it's just about offense. It's about. Eddie Grant's proven he can make show us what you got Eddie he can make chicken salad out of chicken shit (laughs) now he just now he needs to take it a little bit higher a higher tier salad salad. yeah and to do that you gotta have the play behind center you gotta have a guy that can make the throws vertically down the field and the
0: receivers that can go up and make plays time for Terry Touchdown Mm -hmm. it's happening this fall folks get ready get set and I'm gonna go get some food that chicken salad sounds delicious right now that Eddie Grant's cocktail thank you all for listening to this this has been a lot of fun uh well, something different and a lot of big picture stuff. We're not going anywhere as of yet. Well, actually, we might be going somewhere because I'm going to be having a baby. Oh, that's true. In the very near future. Eleven
1: personnel in the waiting room. Going yeah. Children. So, so who kn- <laughs> we're not
0: exactly sure when we will return, uh, but we will keep you posted. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, until next time, just remember: Go Cats! Go Croats.